0: Hashtag SFM sport tracks. You can get a hold of us on Twitter, you can give us a call, message, you name it, it's the best way to get hold of us. Let's talk to, uh, he's been on radio, he's been just about everywhere around the world. Paul K, good evening.
1: Hello, John. What do you mean I've been just about You've everywhere?
0: It sounds in, bad. You, I follow you on Facebook and on the Instagrams and things, and every week you're in a new country. I don't know how you do it. Not at the moment. (laughs) Not now, no. no. Uh, Okay, so uh, the reason we've got you on, uh, you're a radio announcer, you've been around and I've seen pictures of you when you were, I don't know, many, many years younger, but you are the voice of Iron Man. How did you become, or what is the voice of Iron Man, first of all?
1: Well, if Mike Riley heard you calling me the voice of Iron Man, he might take umbrage. Um, He's the guy who invented the phrase, you are an Iron Man, and he's typically known as the voice of Iron Man, but sort of... As his 2IC, uh, he looks after North America and I look after EMEA, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of referred to as the voice of Iron Man Europe. And it all started, I suppose, it started basically with the SABC back in the day. I was a DJ at Good Hope FM here in Cape Town. And um, National Radio Station 5FM were the sponsors of the 5FM Energy Triathlon series and it always used to be featured on the old mutual world of endurance and i ended up doing the tv uh, narration the voice and that was back in 1994 and that's how i got into triathlon mm. and then i got into iron man specifically when the first ever iron man south africa was raced it was actually raced just down the road from me here in gordon's bay that was 2000 and i announced that in 2001 and then in 2005 it came back to south africa and I was just the voice for the TV program, but I've been announcing it since 2006, and that kind of catapulted, catapulted me onto the European and international stage when I gave up the corporate world at the end of 2009, and I've been doing it professional since
0: 2010. Huh. Were you an iron, or an athlete
1: before all of that started? Gee, was John the word athlete? That's a strong term. <laughs> I, I like to refer to myself as a triathlete. Uh, spelled T-R-Y, <laughs> hyphen athletes. I'm very much, you know, you, you're like the you know, the people who make up the masses of the Cape Town mm. Cycle Tour, the Two Oceans Marathon, or comrades, or, or an Ironman. These are your often referred to as weekend warriors. You know, these these are normal people with day jobs, with families, with stresses, normal life, and they just channel their, their energies into de-stressing by a sport, mm. be it running, Uh, be it cycling and in my case swimming biking and running and yes I did the test event for Ironman South Africa in 2004 in PE there was a half distance race 70.3 which is a 1900 meter swim a 90k bike and a half marathon and then I did my first full distance Ironman which was at Ironman Austria in 2008 and I repeated that in 2009 and then 2010, when I started doing this full-time, I was told I wasn't a race anymore. I have to work.
0: <laughs> that work, it, it sounds glamorous. You're on an airplane. You travel the world. You get to hang around with some of the best and fittest athletes in the world at some of the most glorious spots in the world. But on the day, take us through what Paul Kaye, or the announcer on the day, does at Ironman.
1: So it's, it's never just a day. Typically, an Ironman for me is a week. Yeah. so if we take when I'm on tour in Europe I will leave whatever race I was at on a Tuesday D- despite you know international travel being so easy or used to be so easy mm. um, it, it would take about a day to get somewhere so in packing up, checking out driving to the airport waiting at the airport flight delayed, fly, land get baggage, rent a car get to the next hotel <laughs> uh, Wednesday would typically be kind of a day off with maybe one or two meetings, yes. Thursday starts to get really, really busy on site. Fridays, press conferences, welcome banquets, athlete briefings, sometimes side events, even the side events like Iron Girl or the night runs or the corporate triathlons and Iron Kids can often happen Thursday, Friday, Saturday already. Sure. Saturday is more side events. It's a lot of rehearsals. It's a lot of pre-production meetings. Um, it's getting the athletes into more race briefings, getting them into the transition zone. Uh, Sunday would mean waking up probably on a gentle race, for 4.30 a.m. on site 5.15. Five, five mm-hmm. First words out of my mouth around about 5.30 and flat box talking and announcing the race finishes, which is usually between midnight and one AM. <laughs>
0: and okay, so just so I, people understand what you do, you, are, are you are you doing radio commentary, TV commentary, or you you are are you you're that guy in the microphone and the speakers keeping the chaos?
1: Yeah, um, it's a it's it's a bit of a hybrid really, because it, at quite a few of the races we do live stream uh, right. via Facebook and various platforms simultaneously. Mm. So I've kind of kind of adapted the style of announcing to be a hybrid of screaming and shouting at the athletes, you know, at the start line and get ready to go to doing a TV style commentary. And you know, <laughs> John Hurek has just moved into the lead and he's pushing up 400 watts at the moment mm-hmm. and he's disappearing into the distance. And it becomes a bit of a hybrid of the two because what we do is we, 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 our commentary that we do live on site, we stream. And sometimes we're sitting in a booth because there's, there's no athletes, physically there because they're like at a full Ironman sure. it's a 180k bike course, so sometimes they disappear for hours so what we would do is uh, we would run the live stream which people are watching everywhere around the world that goes through the PA speakers so people on site can hear it okay. and it's very adaptable Yeah. so it's, it's a bit of both but it's more Live on site, eyeball to eyeball with the athlete, eyeball to eyeball with mm. the spectator, creating the hears, getting the spectators emotionally engaged mm. such that they create the atmosphere that is the celebration of the athletes who are our rock stars. Mm. Uh,
0: I've I've been at the comrades finish many many times and there's that lull in the middle you know the winners come in and the the gold medalist is great then there's that lull in the middle but they like you say they're great athletes to still be finishing a comrades in 9 or 10 hours that's still brilliant but then there's the excitement at the end how do you keep that middle bit going
1: Um, you've got to manage that so typically your spectators are, are pretty engaged all day long as well so you've got to manage the spectators energy so we we build in we, we build the athletes up uh, the spectators up and then we bring them down a little bit and give them permission to rest, but still c- create the energy going. We just tone it down a bit. We still try and bring out the stories of the people coming down the finish line who survived cancer or run multi-billion-dollar businesses and still find the time to run, or who who were in, in a terrible car crash. But here they are getting a bull and going. of comrades, for example, you know mm, what I mean. Mm. So we still try and bring out those stories to keep the the spectator engaged, but but we we just turn down the energy a a bit because we need that energy for key moments. So very much like in radio, you know, your day part, you have your quarter hours, you build up to the top or the bottom of the hour. I I use my radio experience to to manage that 17-hour race day, which ends up being pretty much 20 hours, manage that through – how we manipulate in the nicest way possible the spectators when we need them, how we choose the music we play at the same time—it's—it's—it's it's, it's quite a production. It's not—I mm. don't—I don't just arrive on Sunday morning, chuck my coffee mug on the table, and pick up a microphone and start speaking. <laughs> yeah, good, it's, yeah. This this is—it's a twenty-four-seven investment in always making sure you create the best moments, just like you when you are live on radio now. You know, once it's out of your mouth, and once it's through the speakers, there's no going back. This is not – you're not a written journalist who can rewrite your article a million times or you're a video journalist, TV journalist, who can edit and edit and edit until it's perfect. We have to make it perfect then and there, and it takes a huge amount of prep to ensure that you're more perfect than not when you're live.
0: Okay, I need to do some of that work now. We're listening to Sport Tracks on SAFM. My guest is Paul Kay. Uh, he is in Cape Town at the moment, and we're going to talk about lockdown and a couple of other things as well. You can give it, get involved in the conversation. You can WhatsApp 614 Paul, obviously, Ironman, any kind of mass participation in sports, struggling now with, with um, COVID-19 and all the lockdowns around the world. You've been keeping people informed on in your social media What's the future for for Ironman and, in general, mass participation sports?
1: It's very interesting that you asked that because I was actually moderating a – via distance online, I was moderating a panel this afternoon of a show called the Tri-Isolation Show, which was hosted in the UK, where I was interviewing some very prominent people in the industry. We were talking about the future. Without a doubt – the coronavirus is changing mass, mass participation events, with definitely in the short term to medium term, and even in the long term. In that, you know, as much as we're suffering and what we're going through is really, really difficult for every human being on this planet, especially us here in South Africa. We've all got our challenges we are dealing with. Even through suffering, some good can come out of it. We learn things. We become better people. Mm. We, we we change our lifestyles. Um, and I don't know if you've noticed, but since we've been allowed to go out running between 6 and 9 in the morning and cycling, I mean, I went for a run. I'm participating in a virtual race this weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I had to do a 10K run this morning, and I've got to bike and run tomorrow. And it's the first time I've run outside of the walls of our estate, and it it was mad. Mm-hmm. It was like the Cape Town cycle tour <laughs> and the Comrades Marathon all in one at the same time. <laughs> in those three and hours. And I was looking at the, He's mad, and it's fantastic because I was watching people. You can see clearly they're not runners. This is something that they're doing now because they want to somehow squeeze some exercise in. Mm. Or they've had a bicycle lying in their garage that they haven't ridden for years, and now they're using it again. And uh, we will see – and also if you think about the virus in that it's hygiene-related and health-related – Because if you have underlying health issues or bad hygiene, that's where you really are at high risk. Mm. And I think people are realizing that, oh, my goodness, I need to be healthy. And we are going to see a boom in health and in getting out and about and enjoying um, running, Mm. cycling, Mm. speed walking, hiking, whatever the case may be. And and maybe more so outdoors than indoors in terms of gyms and stuff like that, despite – big boom we've seen in indoor cycling and stuff happening right now so I think that that as well as people having a lot more time John you know that what have we been doing in lockdown besides staring at a screen (laughs) eating thinking about drinking which we're not allowed to do Mm -hmm. and then when we can exercise really that's all we've been doing and and I think the exercising is, is, is going to be something people are realizing it's good for them. And we're going to have more and more people mm. outdoors exercising going forward. And that will be good for sport, generally speaking. In terms of mass participation, the big challenge that everybody's working on is how do you, for example, let's take the Two Oceans Marathon at the, at the 21K. Yeah, You've got 17,000 people lining up there in front of the spurn units, in front of the swimming bars. You could not, you cannot do that now. Yes. You're gonna to have to separate these people. We have to give some form of social distancing. Think about the expos, Cape Town Cycle Tour, Two Oceans Marathon, Comrades, the mass of people, the density. That's going to change. Think about the registration process, those long queues. That's going to change. So for sure, the events will change. However, I believe they'll still be very, very relevant because I believe when we get back to racing. We're going to be so overjoyed that we can, that it's going to be an incredible celebration of life. So I think that's going to be fantastic. I do believe, so I'm speaking to you via Skype on my mobile phone. Mm. I think mobile devices will play a huge role because typically when I'm commentating, I'm eyeball to eyeball with the spectator and I'm high-fiving the athletes on the finish line that's not going to happen in the near future. We're not going to have grandstands potentially because why would we have people sitting on top of each other? So we're going to to physically distance the spectators as well, but we still need to keep them engaged. So as I said to you earlier that we do this sort of hybrid announcing, commentating, I foresee offering spectators free Wi-Fi Mm. around race venues Mm. and streaming our commentary stroke announcing with certain images to their mobile devices so that they are still engaged. Uh, I see that being a big change coming forward I also think events will become smaller and more intimate because very very big fields of, of, of athletes mm-hmm. are a challenge at the moment with the physical distancing
0: uh, I want to talk about the finances Ironman, uh, a big organization around the world how are they managing the, the finances of not running events and, and who knows when they're going to start again
1: It would be – that's definitely not my place to comment. I can give you my opinion, but I I don't know the answer to that. Mm. Other than uh, I'm blessed that I work for the biggest mass participation endurance sports company in the world. The Ironman group own all the Ironman events, which is 5150, 70.3, and Ironman. 5150 is Olympic distance, non-drafting, 70.3 is 113 kilometers of swim, bike, run, which is half the full Ironman distance, which is 226 kilometers, yeah. 140.6 miles. They also own mountain biking events, including the Cape Epic. They own oh, marathons, wow. including Rock and Roll Marathon Series. They own Standard Chartered Marathon in Singapore. They own trail running properties. So Ironman is into swimming, running, and cycling as a sport, but also as individual sports and 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 there 's no single company on the planet that has more athletes racing annually mm. it 's a strong company it 's a robust company it 's a company that is extremely people focused um, they 've said that they 're not going to they 're going to do everything they can to ensure that nobody loses their job and to ensure that when we come back to racing uh, the races are better than ever safer than ever, and that they address the fears of the athletes and the biggest fears the athletes have now is. Is there not the health and safety of am I going to be safe in the swim? Will Mm. there be an ambulance if I fall (laughs) off my bike? Will there be an ambulance if I get heat stroke while I'm running? It's more about, hold on, am I going to get the virus? Mm. So we're not going to do stuff like have mass briefings where we put 2,000 people in a tent and brief them before the race. So Ironman is using this time like all the other big sports, like all the other big events, I guarantee you it, had, had comrades, David had cycle tour, you know, they're all sitting down and going, how do we adapt to uh, maintain the trust of our athletes and ensure that they will want to come and be at our events going mm-hmm. forward? And how do we change the events and stay relevant? And that's what Ironman is doing now. So Ironman is, is looking to keep all their staff because we have some of the best people on the planet and, adapt to ensure that the trust of the athletes is still there when we start racing again and they want to come race our races. But in terms of, you know, if you're not racing, you're not selling entries, right? Yeah. And so uh, I think every event owner on the planet is hoping that a vaccine will be sooner rather than later. And they're also hoping to innovate such that when governments and local authorities go, okay, we're going to reduce the restrictions, and we're going to allow, let's say, an event of 500 people. Well, then potentially Ironman South Africa could go, okay, we will host a 5150 race with a maximum of 500 athletes, so we can get going again. But instead of that event going from 7 a.m. in the morning until 12, that event will probably go 7 a.m. till 5 p.m. because there will be huge gaps between people starting. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yes. Okay. So the, yeah. that,
1: that's what we're investing.
0: That's what event
1: companies are investing all their energy and all their money in at the moment is into how do we innovate Mm. to be safer and better than ever before. It's that new normal
0: that people are talking about. It's not going to be like it was, but it's going to come back in some new form.
1: You know, I'm I'm always, the glass is half full and I'm always looking for, for the silver linings and I'm seeing so much incredible innovation happening and I'm seeing such wonderful human spirit coming through. And John, you know, You've been at Comrades, you've been at Cycle to you know about Ironman, and when people are really struggling in the race, yet they still succeed and get to the finish line, you see the power of the human spirit, um, and and that is still out there, and now more than ever before. If I just think of, I didn't know half my neighbors' names that live around <laughs> me, despite not being able to go into their house and spend time with them. Right. We now all know each other's names. We, we, we go shopping for one another. Uh, we've got neighbors that are not that young anymore, and we're looking after them. And I've got a niece who lives near my wife's in-laws, and she's doing the shopping for the in-laws. And There's that community spirit that despite our distance, we are closer than mm. ever. And and I'm seeing that, and then I'm seeing the innovation on the digital platforms and how we are finding ways to connect remotely. And all of that is going to be harnessed into making what was good already, greater in the near future.
0: Paul, we'll leave it in that positive note. Thank you very much. Paul Kay, been an announcer for over 30 years, started on radio, and now spending his time around the world at Ironman, two-times Ironman finisher, and announcer at Ironman events all over the world. You can follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is K-Man, K-A-Y-E-M-A-N. K-A-Y-E-M-A-N. And if he's not on Twitter, then he will be on Instagram. And go, ahead, go have a look at what he's doing and how he's
1: doing it. K-A-Y-E-M-A-N. Paul K, Kay, thank you very much.